0: Now, we're going to read from the scriptures, and we're turning to the book of Daniel. We're in Daniel chapter 9, and I'm going to read from the verse 20 till the end. Daniel chapter 9 and verse 20. It's been many weeks since we've turned to Daniel. We want to try and finish this series of messages Daniel chapter 9, verse 20. Let's hear the word of the Lord. Reading, of course, from the authorised Version. And whilst I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God, For the holy mountain of my God Yet, yea, whilst I was speaking in prayer Even the man Gabriel Whom I'd seen in the vision at the beginning Being caused to fly swiftly Touched me about the time of the evening oblation And he informed me and talked with me and said O Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding At the beginning of thy supplications the commandment came forth and I am come to show thee for thou art greatly beloved. Therefore understand the matter and consider the vision. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon the holy city to finish the transgression and to make an end of sins and to make reconciliation for iniquity. And to bring in everlasting righteousness And to seal up the vision and prophecy And to anoint the most holy Know therefore and understand That from the going forth of the commandment To restore and to build Jerusalem Unto the Messiah the Prince Shall be seven weeks And threescore and two weeks the streets shall be built again, and the wall, even in troublous times. And after threescore and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, And the end thereof shall be with a flood And unto the end of the war Desolations are determined And he shall confirm the covenant With many for one week And in the midst of the week He shall cause the sacrifice And the oblation to cease And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation, and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. Amen. We know the Lord will stamp with his own approval and blessing this reading of the Holy Scriptures. Now, this evening. We are continuing with our series of expository sermons in the book of Daniel. We've left them off for many weeks now, and we are resuming again. And tonight, my text is found in Daniel chapter 9, verses 24, right through to verse 27. I'll not trouble you by rereading the scriptures, but here's the text, Daniel 9, verse 24 to 27. And my theme this evening is one that's controversial, namely, understanding the meaning of Daniel's 70 weeks. Now, I have told you in the past that Daniel 9 is one of the most important chapters in the whole of the Bible. This is a vital chapter. And all past events are leading up to Daniel 9, and even the chapters that follow Because here is the backbone of all Bible prophecy. And I believe that Daniel 9 is the key that helps unlock the door to understand other Bible prophecies. And it's necessary and important that we grasp the context here. Now, in Daniel 9, we've already saw, one, the introduction to Daniel's great prayer and confession to God. We thought about the period in which it was offered. That's a factor. That's significant. When was it? did Daniel pray this prayer? Daniel 9 and 1, in the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Cal. That's mentioned twice in the Bible. The first year of the reign of Darius, son of Ahasuerus. Now, when you think of Daniel tonight, remember, he's an old man. What age is he? 88. He's 90 years of age. He's a man of God living in Babylon, Shushan the palace. He is a man of prayer. Daniel is also a man who holds political office in the newly formed kingdom of the Medes and Persians. And it's most likely, because this is the first year of the reign of Darius, the Mede, the son of Ahasuerus, that Daniel 9 comes before even Daniel 6 and verse 10. Remember, Daniel is not chronological. It's not one period following on to another period. So there's the introduction to the prayer. Then we thought about the preparation for the prayer. This prayer was born out of Daniel reading the Word of God. Reading the Word of God, he learns about the fall of Babylon. He learns that Israel is going to return to the land. He learns that Jerusalem is going to be rebuilt. He learns that the Lord is going to intervene and vindicate his ancient people. And he also learns that the Lord wants us to pray about that matter. Now, the references: Jeremiah 25, verses 10 and 12. Jeremiah 29, verses 10 through to 12. And we've already looked at those references, and I'm not going to... Uh, Reread them now at this time. But the point is this. Daniel discovers that God works in answer to prayer. So Daniel seeks God by prayer and supplication. And he does so with fasting, with sackcloth. And and, and um, as, as he as he prays, he prays with ashes on his head. He prays to the Lord. And he has this idea, this thought in his mind that he's praying into the very ear of God. Now that was basically the first sermon. And in the second sermon I preached in Daniel 9 verses 4 to 19 that I called the heart of Daniel's prayer. We saw its foundation based in the word of God. We, we also saw its consideration. Daniel was before this great and dreadful God. We, we heard the confession in the prayer. We have sinned. We saw his passion in prayer right up to verses 16 and 19. And the third sermon then that we dealt with, and this is where we left off, was God's answer to Daniel's great prayer and confession. Chapter 9, verses 20 to 23, the answer came speedily. Gabriel was sent to talk to Daniel. Gabriel was sent to help him to understand the vision. And I want to tell you, I believe that that literally happened. I don't believe that's a fairy story. I believe that that came to pass literally as the Bible says. The answer came not only speedily the answer came specifically. why to Daniel because Daniel was a saved man who was greatly beloved by God, and we read those very words greatly beloved three times daniel nine twenty three Daniel ten eleven Daniel ten and nineteen the The answer came specifically at the time of the evening sacrifice and oblation. And it's widely believed that Daniel was praying, even though the sacrifices were abolished at this time, on the basis of remembering the blood sacrifice. And Gabriel comes and says, Daniel, I want you to know I have been sent so that you can understand the vision. And the answer came spiritually this prophecy. And the prophecy that followed then had to do with the 70 weeks. Now, you see, this prophetic message was given to Daniel, as I've said in answer to prayer. Remember Daniel. He's an old man, I've said that, 88 to 90, He sets himself to prayer, braced in the scriptures of truth. Gabriel is sent to this man of God to help bring clarity to him, to, to give him understanding. Now, I want you to see that. Not, not, not to conjecture, not to leave in a state of bewilderment, Not, 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 not to, to, to uh, withhold insight or withhold intelligence, but to give them understanding of the vision. You see the fall of Babylon and the rise of the Median Persians marked the end of the 70 years in Babylonian captivity. Look at Daniel 9 and verse 2. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. And if you link up Jeremiah, it's Jeremiah 25, as I've said, 10 to 12, and Jeremiah 29, 10 through to 12. And the year is five eight. Sorry, 538 bc 70 years have passed since daniel entered babylon jerusalem is still in ruins the house of god has been destroyed the worship of jehovah in jerusalem has ceased and yet here's daniel having gone to babylon as a young man maybe 17 or 18 years of age he's still living for god He's still living for the worship of Jehovah, despite his difficult circumstances, despite his surroundings. And Daniel isn't surprised that Babylon has fallen. Daniel is not shocked. Why? Because he's got the word of God in his heart and mind. There's no guesswork here. There's a literal fulfillment of 70 years that have passed. From, from the, the, the uh, captivity uh, uh, until now And Babylon has fallen When did it happen? It happened in Daniel 5 Remember? The last king was bel And on that night he was slain And the, Darius the Mede took the kingdom And after these 70 years God was saying through Jeremiah to Daniel The Jews are going to return and rebuild Jerusalem The temple worship is going to be restored And of course, when that decree was given, many of the Jews didn't want to go. There was a remnant returned under Ezra to lay again the foundations for the temple worship. But it was only in the days of Nehemiah that the city was to be rebuilt. And Daniel has read this in the book, in Jeremiah. And Daniel believes in a literal fulfillment of this prophecy. He believes in God, and in God's eternal power, and in God's sovereignty. And that's what Daniel's praying about. And then Gabriel is sent to uh, Daniel. Because this prophetic word has affected, it has impacted upon Daniel's life. And as Daniel is reading the book and offering prayer and confessing a sin and agonizing before the Lord, then, then Gabriel comes. Is not what it says there. Look at the book, verse 20. And while I was yet speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplications before the Lord my God for, for the holy mountain of my God, yea, whilst I was yet Speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, who I'd seen in the vision at the beginning Being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation And he informed me and talked with me and said, oh Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding Do you see that? All that I've said now, the introduction to this great prayer The heart of the prayer, the answer to a prayer to a man that's greatly beloved is all leading up. And the context is important. You need to grasp the context. And now Gabriel is going to give him another part of this prophetic vision. So he's moving beyond the 70 years. And he's talking now in verse 24, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and the holy city. I want us to think about The meaning of Daniel's 70 weeks So that's, that's the theme of tonight's message I want you to think of This first of all The specific period That's mentioned If you look at verse 24 It says 70 weeks are determined upon thy people And upon the holy city Now, we're going to pause there. Here's the specific period that's mentioned. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon the holy city. Now, of course, the holy city is a reference to Jerusalem. Thy people is a reference to the inhabitants of the land of Israel, namely the Jewish people, Daniel's people. And Gabriel mentions a period of 70 weeks. Now what does that mean? It doesn't mean 70 weeks as we understand 70 weeks. That would just be over a year and a bit in our calculation and according to our calendar. But the 70 weeks here are 70 weeks of years. And Symbolically it means a period Of 490 years Now I I trust that we could grasp that The 70 weeks are weeks of years And it literally means 490 years So 490 years are determined upon thy people And upon the holy city Jerusalem And during this period, certain events are going to take place. Now, as I've said, each of these weeks are seven years in duration. So you've got to think of 70 times 7. 70 weeks multiplied by 7 equals 490. And uh, it's weeks of years, so you've got 490 years. Now, I'm not making it up. That's what the book says. And it's not what I think that matters. It's what God has determined. Because the word determined here means decreed, And it's very important that we we grasp this. And I want you to notice something here. This period, this specific period that's mentioned of 70 weeks, is broken up into three segments. Now, I'm going to show you that. And remember, these 70 weeks, these 490 years is a projection of the end of the times of the Gentiles that has to do with the holy city. So during the first of the weeks, seven weeks in total, it represents 49 years, Jerusalem is going to be rebuilt and restored. And of course, there's no doubt about this because it's all in the Bible. Jeremiah mentioned it. Do you know that Jerusalem is mentioned in the Bible 726 times? You, you can Google that. And we could add into the mix Holy City. We, we could add into the mix the Holy Mountain of my God. And you know, well over a thousand references. It's interesting. It's not mentioned once in the Quran. Is Jerusalem not meant to be one of the holiest shrines for The Islamic religion And yet in the Quran It is not mentioned Now if you look with me At verse um, 25 it says Know therefore and understand that from the going Forth of the commandment to restore And to build Jerusalem Unto the Messiah the Prince Shall be seven weeks And three score and two weeks And the streets shall be built again And the wall even in Troublous times Now I want you to underline there The mention Shall be seven weeks And and that's um, Seven weeks of years So if you multiply seven by seven You get 49 years So, So that's the first segment And then There's another segment It's mentioned here in verse 25 And three score And two weeks Now there's 62 weeks. So we want you to understand. Gabriel says from the going forth of the commandment. To rebuild Jerusalem. Unto Messiah the prince. There's going to be seven weeks. And then there's going to be an additional. Three score and two weeks. That makes. 69 years. Sorry 69 weeks. So, So if you add the two together. You're brought into the birth and the life and the death of the Lord Jesus. That's another segment. And then Gabriel speaks of a third segment of namely the last week. Look at verse 27. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And one week's a week of years. So that's seven years. Now now do you see that? And this final week belongs to the end It has to do with the end of times of the Gentiles Here's the final week of the 70 weeks And this is what's going to happen It says, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week And in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease And for the overspreading of the abominations, he shall make it desolate even until the consummation, and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. Now, this 70 weeks has caused lots of confusion. It's caused loads of controversy. Preachers have fell out about it. Preachers have decided, well, I'm not letting that preacher preach again in my church or in my pulpit because he believes a certain thing that that I do not believe. And they've got a whole array of arguments and opinions. You see, it's very easy to bring your ideas or my ideas and try to impose them onto the Bible. And and, and of course, I understand that because men hold their opinions very tightly that they can get upset and they they get mad if others don't follow them. But you see... All I'm doing tonight is opening up the Scriptures. I want to let the Bible speak because I believe in taking the Bible seriously. I believe that every word of God is pure, but I also believe in taking the Bible literally where possible. Now, I want to ask the question, is the 70 weeks that were reported to by Gabriel to Daniel, are they literal 70 weeks of years? In other words, do they come past a period of time that will call 49 years? Is it real time? Did the events really happen? And you know what? The answer is simple. And the answer is actually the key to what's happening here. The answer is yes. Now, let me show you that. Because Jerusalem was rebuilt and rehabited. God has plans for Jerusalem. He's saying that to Daniel. And he says, if you look back at verse 24, 70 weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city. To finish the transgression, notice these six things, and to make an end of sins, and to make reconciliation for iniquity, and to bring in everlasting righteousness, and to seal up the vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Now we have got to ask the question In verse 24 Are these things Literally fulfilled? That is fulfilled in the past So there's no future fulfillment of them Or are these things At least partially Still future That they're going to be fully and finally Fulfilled in a day to come You see There can't be any guesswork here There can't be any Ambiguity We need to know exactly And precisely Where we stand And so I want to ask the question Was Jerusalem rebuilt And the answer is yes Have we got a start date Look at verse 25 It says know therefore and understand That from the going forth of the commandment To restore and to build Jerusalem So so we're going to pause there Now who gave the command To restore and rebuild Jerusalem There's no king in Jerusalem Judah's under occupation The Medes and Persians are on the throne So who gave the command? And do you know who gave the command? It was a man called Artaxes If you turn over there to the book of Nehemiah In Nehemiah And in chapter 1 And in verse 3 Nehemiah chapter one and verse three. So if you find Ezra, you'll find Nehemiah. As I've said, Ezra had to do with the rebuilding of the temple. Nehemiah had to do with the rebuilding of Jerusalem. It says this. Nehemiah chapter one and in verse one, the words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah. And it came to pass in the month Chislu in the 20th year, now that's important, as I was in Shushan the palace. See, the Medes persons Persians are on the throne now. That Hananiah, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, and I asked him concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. Now look at verse three, and they said unto me, the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down. The gates thereof are burned with fire. It came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Now we'll come to chapter two. I can't read the rest of the chapter. Chapter two, verse one. And it came to pass in the month Nisan, in the 20th year of Artaxes, the king, that wine was before him, and I took up the wine and gave it unto the king. Now I had not been before time sad in his presence. And then what transpired was a discussion between Ardexes and Nehemiah, and then the commandment was given. On that 20th year of the reign of Artaxes to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. And if you read the rest of chapter two, you will get that uh, information. So it was in the month Nisan, in the 20th year of the reign of Artaxes, when Nehemiah came into Shushan the palace to, to, to put wine into the king's cup. This was 93 years after Daniel. A remnant had already gone back with Ezra to lay the foundation for the temple. Artaxia's reign began in 465 BC, and now it's the year 445 BC. And that's when Jerusalem was started to be built. And from that commandment was given, then there was going to be a period, listen to me carefully, of 69 weeks. Or a period of 483 years Unto Messiah the Prince Now do you get that? So from 445 BC And if we add 483 years You'll come eventually to the year AD 32 And you've got to think of the very day That the Lord Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey The temple has been rebuilt The streets are inhabited. The temple worship has been restored. The walls are there and the gates are on. And there's still troublous times. Why? Because Jerusalem's still under occupation. See, Jerusalem uh, was under occupation from the day that Nebuchadnezzar invaded it. And it's only recently. Isn't that true? In, in 1948, when Israel became a nation again. And in 1967, when Jerusalem was declared the capital of the nation of Israel. See, see, it's here in the book. If you look with me here at John chapter 12, I'm conscious of time tonight. Uh, John chapter 12, look with me at verse 12. Well, maybe we should read John chapter 12, verse 1. Then six days before the Passover came to Bethany. So then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany where Lazarus was, which had been dead, who made raised from the dead. Come down to verse 12. On the next day, much people that were come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried hosanna blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the lord and jesus when he had found a young ass sat thereon as it is written fear not daughter of zion behold thy king cometh sitting on an ass's colt this was six days before the passover and if you link that up with the book of luke in luke chapter 19 and in the verse 14 this is what we read there It says, but his citizens hated him and said, sent a message after him, We will not have this man to reign over us. And when we uh, come down uh, to verse 41. Um, well, well we'll go back a little bit we'll go back to verse 38 saying blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord peace in heaven and glory in the highest and some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him master rebuke thy disciples and he said and he answered and said unto them I tell you that if these should hold their peace the stones would immediately cry out when he was come near he beheld the city and wept saying if thou had known even now at least in this thy day notice those words at least in this thy day The things which belong unto thy peace But now are they hid from thine eyes Six days before the Passover The very next day Thousands are healing Christ Saying blessed is the King of Israel That cometh in the name of the Lord Hosanna to the Son of David You've got to think of the day That the Lord Jesus rode into Jerusalem And that day Marked the end of the 483 years. He came as Messiah the Prince. And Gabriel's prophecy clearly places the Lord Jesus Christ in the 69 weeks. And it all happened literally. Can you see that? Christ is here, Messiah Prince, Heaven's King, and it encompasses birth, it encompasses sinless life. And we're going to see now it encompasses death. Notice at verse 26. And after three score and two weeks, so that's the end of the 69th week, shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. Remember the Bible says, but when the fullness of the time was come, Galatians 4 and 4, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. That's important. The fullness of the time. What time? at the end of the 69th week as prophesied by Daniel the time was ripe but the time was right and of course we think of Isaiah 53 tonight wounded for our transgressions bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed whenever the Lord Jesus died in the cross he didn't die for himself he wasn't dying for his own sins the Bible tells us who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he had suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously, who his own self bare our sins in his own body in the tree. Though he being dead, the sin should live under righteousness, by whose stripes he healed. Doesn't the Bible say, but this man, after he'd offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down in the right hand of God. You see, when the Lord Jesus died on the cross, he made a perfect atonement for sin. And and, and on the third day, he was raised again bodily from the dead. And he ascended up to heaven. And he's now seated at at God the Father's right hand. And, And it's all here in the book. In the book of Hebrews, in Hebrews 13, and verse 20, we read these words. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood, of the everlasting covenant and what I want to point out is this I see a literal fulfillment here not only was Jerusalem literally rebuilt and re-inhabited but Christ literally came he was born of the Virgin Mary he lived a sinless life he died an atoning death and here we're told here that after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off That means he's going to die. But but not for himself. He didn't die for his own sins. He he died for the sins of his people. And it's interesting that he's called here Messiah the Prince. And he's called here, that's one of his lovely titles. He's called here the Prince. And of course, uh, as... Uh, Messiah the Prince, he's God's anointed prophet to teach and tell us the way of salvation. He's God's anointed priest. He's God's anointed king. So so Christ here is the the key subject of the scriptures. So Daniel hears and understands from the going forth of the commandment to rebuild Jerusalem unto the coming of Messiah the Prince is going to be 69 weeks. 483 years go by. Notice the reference as I've said in Daniel 9, verse 25 in troublous times. You see Jerusalem is still under a foreign power. They're now subject to Roman control. The Medes and Persians have gone. The Grecians have gone. The Romans are now in control. The entire period of the 70 weeks. Is in view in 24. But is divided into three segments. And the entire period of 70 weeks. Is in view in the opening part of the prophecy. 70 weeks are determined and it has to do with Jerusalem. It has to do with God's will for the holy city. It has to do with God's will for his ancient people and, and they, they, they come to 490 years and, and what Daniel is told by Gabriel, here's what's going to happen in the first 69 weeks. So that's easy. We understand that. That has been literally fulfilled. I trust that you can grasp it. I, I, I trust it. I, I can't make it any simpler. And if, I, if you have difficulty, speak to me. But it has to do with Jerusalem. It has to do with the holy city. It has to do with the people of Israel. I want you to think, and just bear with me for a few minutes, maybe five at the most. Not only the period uh, that, that, that's mentioned in the prophecy, But notice the pause that's unfair in the prophecy. If you look with me at chapter 9, verse 26, it says in the middle of verse 26 And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. Now, do you see that? I want you to think of these words. And the people of the prince that shall come, the prince that shall come, shall destroy the city. He will order the people, his people, to destroy the city and the sanctuary. And the end thereof shall be with a flood. And unto the end of the war, desolations are determined. So the people that are under orders by this prince that shall come, what are they going to do? They're going to destroy the city. And they're going to destroy the sanctuary and the end thereof shall be with the flood, and unto the end of the war, desolations are determined. Now, many people see Titus here, AD 70, and I have no doubt that Titus is prefigured here. I don't believe it's the final fulfillment. Um, Did you know that Titus, when Jerusalem was destroyed and the temple was ransacked, the ground that involved uh, the city of Jerusalem was ploughed up, it was sown with salt and an edict was given that no Jew was ever to live in Jerusalem ever again. And that's what happened in AD 70. But, but you look today, who occupies Jerusalem? Is it not the nation, the capital of the nation of Israel? See, after the death of the Lord Jesus, the first thing that happened in Jerusalem Because the Roman army came under Titus and destroyed the city. And I'm not saying for one minute that Titus is the prince here. Because I don't believe he is the prince. I believe he foreshadows and and prefigures that prince that shall come. Not only think of the the pause uh, that's inferred in the prophecy. But think of the prince that's stated in the prophecy. You see, I believe tonight that the prince here is a reference to the Antichrist, the one who gets his power and authority from the devil. Remember, the devil is called the prince of the power of the air. And look at verse 27. that says, and he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And what I'm saying, if, if, if the first segment was literally fulfilled and the second segment of 62 weeks was literally fulfilled with Messiah the prince coming to Jerusalem, and and been cut off for the sins of the people, not for himself, then the third segment also has to be literally fulfilled. And it says, and he, and who's the he there? It has to be a reference to the prince. The the prince that's mentioned, the second prince. There's two princes here. There's Messiah the prince, and then there's another prince with a small p. It it, it can't be Christ. Now, I know that some argue that it's Christ. Some say that... um, The the covenant here is a reference to the covenant of grace or the covenant of redemption and christ ratified it before god And and I believe that but I want to tell you The lord jesus didn't make a covenant with god for one week for a specific period of seven years Christ confirmed or ratified the covenant with god It, It says and he shall confirm the covenant with many many Who's that? That has to be the, the Jewish leadership at that time, in the time of this final week, in the, the time of this final seven year period. It has to be literal. It can't be anything else. If the rest is literally fulfilled, then this has to be literally fulfilled. In this final week, Antichrist will come and sign a peace treaty with the nation of Israel. Jerusalem will be its capital. The Jewish leadership will be involved. This is known as the Great Tribulation, the period of Jacob's trouble. Antichrist is saying, I'll protect you. I'll give you my promise. Uh, and uh, this, this covenant lasts for, for seven years, but it's a false promise because three and a half years into it, uh, it's broken. And what does he do? He sets up his image in the temple. And he does away with the sacrifice and does away with the offering. And he turns on the the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And two-thirds of the city are destroyed. Now, now if you want the reference, and I have to finish, turn over there to Matthew chapter 24. Look, look, Look with me at verse 15. I trust I have the right reference. Matthew chapter 24. And look with me at verse 15. It says, When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understandeth. Now where's that mentioned? It's mentioned in Daniel chapter 9 and verse 27. Now now, now do you see that? And if you turn also to Daniel chapter 12 and look with me at verse 11, It says this, Daniel 12 and verse 11, and from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away, and the abomination that make of desolation set up, there shall be a thousand two hundred and ninety days. Blessed is he that waiteth and cometh to the thousand three hundred and five and thirty days. Do you see that? Jerusalem at that time is going to be full Of the armies of the Gentiles And there's going to be desolation And this is going to be part of the price That they have to pay for the rejection of Christ I don't believe that God cast off his ancient people forever I believe there's a future for Israel I believe there's a future for the city of Jerusalem And it's all bound up in these 70 weeks Now I'm going to have to pause here I'm going to have to stop this Our time is gone But I trust that you see here The specific period 70 weeks What does it mean? Can you see that there's an interlude And a pause between These segments Especially the third segment And can you see here A literal fulfillment You've got to ask yourself Is this prince that Gabriel spoke about That's going to ratify a covenant with many for one week. You've got to ask yourself, is that Christ or is that a future Antichrist that is to come? I believe according to the scriptures that that's the future Antichrist that's to come. So therefore the last week is yet to be fulfilled. 69 have already been fulfilled, but there's one final week that's yet to be fulfilled. And it's interesting, and I say this and I finish. Israel became a nation again in 1948. And in 1967, Jerusalem was declared the capital again of the nation of Israel. The first time away back from the days of Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian army. Now, now, do you not see the hand of God in that? Because I do. And I believe it's preparatory to the fulfillment of this final week that's yet to come. The Lord bless you. Thank you for listening and taking the time. This has been a most difficult passage. If you have a different opinion I respect that I love you in the Lord And I pray that the Lord will bless you And I pray that the Lord will give me the light That he's given you uh, That I haven't just seen something uh, That uh, you have If you believe it's Christ Then I, I rejoice with you As brothers and sisters in the Lord Let's just close Our time is gone We'll not sing the hymn Let's just close in a wee word of prayer Lord take these few stumbling words From this poor preacher This has been a most difficult subject. Lord, give us understanding like you gave to Daniel. And help us to see, Lord, the things that thou hast planned and prepared, not only for this world, but for thine ancient people. And we long, Lord, in the knowledge that thine ancient people one day will be gloriously saved. And, O God, be able to usher in and see the Messiah, the Prince, in all his suffering, in all his glory we pray now Lord you'll part us in thy fear and with thy favor we pray you'll take us to our homes in safety we pray that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ the love of thyself and the communion of the Holy Spirit will be upon us both now and evermore for we ask it in Christ's name amen amen thank you for listening so patiently tonight and I know it's been difficult if you have any questions. I'm tempted to say don't ask me but please, no, please do if you have some questions I'll try to answer.